Welcome, everyone, to the Being Church Podcast, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Yes. We have here. how many days of Christmas? A lot, right? Uh, eight or twelve. Twelve Depends days on... of Christmas altogether. We're, we're a couple days into it, depending on when you're listening yeah. to right, this. Right, exactly. But there's a... Uh, there's a debate whether it ends on baptism of the Lord or whatever epiphany. Epiphany, yes, yes. yes. I'm a, I'm we are talking epiphany. about yes. the Magi today, so it is yes. all about epiphany. That is exactly right. It's my favorite. Cool, very good. Well, you know us. I'm Tom. I'm Elisa. I'm Father Matthew, and this is the last week of our uh, podcast series on the infancy narratives, Jesus of Nazareth, with Pope Benedict. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to do. Uh, yes, I've learned this. a lot. Yeah, it's been great. And today we're going to talk about. Uh, post-Christmas themes, right? We're going to talk about the Magi and uh, the star they followed and things like that. We started a new tradition several years ago that has quickly become one of my kids' favorite. And I read about it, you know, you know, these like amazing Catholic mothers that have all these great ideas. And they Instagram it all. They Instagram it all. Right. Um, but this is a thing where you take the, uh, wise men out of your nativity and the day after Christmas, you, uh, start moving them around your house to where, and so the kids wake up and they like try to go look for where the wise men are. And then by epiphany, they've made it to Jesus. My home parish used to do that. And what? Yeah. Well, Did they like, like take the effects? wise men all over like H-E-B? No, they <laughs> like, yeah, well, they got a little crazy with it. The, <laughs> I grew up in Illinois. There was no okay. H-E-Bs, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, unfortunately. No. Last time when we were talking about the nativity scene, yeah. right. right? Like we were, we were using that almost as our like way of imagining this. Right. And here, because we have a few more pieces left to the nativity scene that mm-hmm. now we get a chance to... To look at. Yeah. And, and really be able to kind of uh, unpack them uh, a bit going on here. Um, uh, as is my uh, often my tradition here, uh, I, I like to set up a little bit of context. We need it. For it's us. good. It's, it's good, good to understand. Before we get into uh, uh, the specifics of our, uh, you know, we three kings yes. who are not kings and quite possibly not three, but we will, we will get Ooh, to like that, that anon. Too. Yes. All right. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, this whole setup now, this is, of course, um, the story comes from Matthew's gospel, mm-hmm. right? Matthew's gospel tells us about, uh, this and it says, and behold, in those times, uh, uh, magi from the East, uh, and actually Pope Benedict points out the fact that it's not even called, like we translate it as the East, but it's actually from the land of sunrise. Yes. Which is so poetic. It's it just, like, it just, it just epic, right? Yeah, it I'm going to start saying that. The, the land know, of sunrise. Yes. I'm from Flutterville, the land of sunrise. Because <laughs> it is east, so you know. Fantastic. Flutterville actually means plow town. Oh. What? That's, what? that's the German. It means plow town. Oh. Great. Oh, sorry. Awesome. Sorry to not yeah. the one put it up. Anyway, um, so the Magi, we right? We alienate our list. Okay, so let's... <laughs> My family's from Pflugerville. Yeah, I love Oh, Florida. that's right. Okay. Great. Right. It's okay. Pflugerville. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the Magi. So we've got the Magi uh, who are coming from the land of sunrise. What does this mean? Again, go back in context for this. What's east of... The Holy Land of Jerusalem and the Holy Land. Well, actually, it's this ancient and very important, powerful uh, area that is, um, you know, Persia, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, you're looking at Babylon, right? And the and the many different iterations and empires. Um, that, I mean, like even to this day, like Iran, 
which yeah. is like modern day where that is, like yeah. is still like the cultural, yeah. like most important piece mm. of, of, of that whole kind of uh, part of the world. Right. Cool. Yeah. So this is Babylon, right? This is ancient Babylon. This is Babylon. And at the time, you know, if you were talking to, you know, people who were living in, in, you know, in Judah, you know, Israel area, um, you know, if you were talking to, you know, the Romans and the kind of people who are Roman citizens and stuff like that, like the idea of Babylon, like they thought that it was this like ancient mystic empire, right? Like we think of like, you know, the Romans, we think of the ancient world as being like this all like one continuous thing, Right. right? But no, for them, it was this ancient mystic mm. land of the sunrise where these, you know, strange, cre- you know, like, like people lived with their strange customs, right? And one of the big things about this is they have these, these magi, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Which is where we get both the word magician, right? right? Um, but also the magi were the ones who were the, really the, the scientists, of their era. Yeah, they were like philosophers, right? Uh, almost more like, well, so that it's a weird combination. See, we would think of this as a very strange combination, but I think it sort of makes sense in the context of it. They were both astronomers uh-huh. and astrologers. Okay. okay. So astronomers, they were actually incredibly sophisticated as far as uh, calculating out the movement of the stars. Sure when these things would happen, when these particular, you know, the movements of the planets and the, and the stars and stuff like that, uh, they, they were very sophisticated. They had highly developed mathematics to be able to, and observations to predict all of these things to the point that, you know, we think of, um, our calendar, Mm -hmm. right. The 365 day calendar. Right. Uh, and, and it goes back to, uh, you know, the Roman empire that, that founded Julius Caesar. He founds the calendar for us. Mm Mm-hmm. He stole it from the east. Yeah, yeah. He didn't come up with it. It right. was it was it was it was right. the, you know the from the east that they came up with this stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, these guys were the the these master kind of observational deductive scientists. Mm. But on the other hand, they were also astrologers. And this is where there's that like you might say like fortune tellers. Like if you looked up yeah. like your horoscope. Right. Right. right? Exactly. So they track the movements, mm-hmm. but then they would put some interpretation exactly based on right. those movements. Exactly. Right? They took a little Well, far. and you were talking about <laughs> how it, it, it caught onto your attention, the idea that the different like stars and planets were all named after uh, the pagan gods. Yes. It was, it, I was, I was like, that part of it just shocked me that, that with the entrance of Jesus into this like story of history, the way that things were, named and marked and just totally everything pivots and and there's like you can you can point to it you can say Mm. oh when this happened what what was used and what people the way people saw the world just it changed yeah yeah still led them to jesus yeah, the star. This is this is the really right. uh, astonishing thing here. So they're, they're these guys for now, now they can understand. You can understand to a certain extent the right. connection between, say, astronomy and astrology, because sure. astronomy, what they would say is, on such and such particular day, mm-hmm. at such and such particular hour, this particular planet or star or whatever they would call it is going to show up at this point right. on the horizon, and lo and behold, 
it happens. Right. And they're like, really odd. And so everybody right. is, everybody's pretty, you guys can predict the future. Right, right exactly. To the, to the outsider, to the person who doesn't know anything, this mm-hmm. is like magical. It is. Yes. Yeah. And, and, they, and there was a very widespread belief sure. in um, horoscopes, the equivalent, the ancient equivalent of horoscopes. Right. Like you would, you would look at the stars. You would see the well. It's a time of Jupiter ascending, and so therefore, uh, you know, that means that this is a time for Jupiter represents power. So therefore, this is a, a time to try to like do something that mm. will like be you know improve your lot in life. Like 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 make a move because this is a time when power is ascending. Right? And it was like Jupiter represented power because that was the the god who was right. Powerful. Jupiter was okay. the god. He's Zeus. Uh, sure, he's the Roman right, yeah. Zeus. Right. right? Um, so he's the king, the, the 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 king of the gods, the highest sure. and the most powerful, right? Sure. So you'd have, you know, or, or or Venus is ascending, so therefore it's the, you know, it's the time for love. So it's like, make your move, man. Like, mm-hmm. this is the time when it's going <laughs> to yeah, happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So these would be like the the astrology. And some of it was just cheap and, and stuff like that. Totally, totally. But, and, and you know, we look on that and we could say, well, you know, okay, it seems, you know, pretty goofy kind of horoscope right. sort of stuff going on. That we can appreciate the fact that they were, you know, men of science and... Mm-hmm. They could they could predict these things with you know highly sophisticated uh, mathematics, but here's the wild thing: they got it right. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> it is like, wild. It like is they're wild. watching the stars, and they get this. They they read off from the stars that there's a, a star that has arisen. Now that would have meant that like again, you can imagine like the the different stars and planets and stuff like that going in different cycles right mm-hmm. and so therefore now they're seeing that there's this one particular star we don't know what it was we, we don't know whether it was a comet whether right. it was like a particular planet whether it was like because it could have been something like um you know not a brand new star right but like, it called like a supernova or something like that well they they talk yeah. people have had different all sorts of yeah. different theories nobody right. would know but they could say well when this and maybe it was just like a normal one that they would have known that was there it wasn't necessarily like a sure. brand new star but what they would have said was at when it arises when it when it starts to be seen in the horizon in this particular way at this particular time in this particular configuration mm. that would indicate the rise of a new king. Hmm. And they were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Yeah. I, I have no idea how to like interpret that. I have ideas, right. but I'm not gonna go into my crazy sure. theories. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have a podcast for? All right, all right, all right. So so Daniel set up a timeline and maybe the prophets who were uh, people who were watching these sorts of things, right? Maybe yeah. some of that prophecy got over into Babylon. Okay. Right? And then they would have been able to say, well, he said 40 weeks of years. So therefore, uh, you're, no, the, the seven, seven times, 40, 490 years, basically. So they could have calculated that out and said, well, then that's when such and such star will be in ascendance. Huh. Huh. So they could have actually been reading the Jewish... Daniel. Daniel, yeah. yeah, like 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 Jewish scriptures. Daniel's one of to... the only prophets that gives like the time. Yeah, he gives the timeline, and it's not like down to the exact date. No, of course not. Right, but, but this uh, is just a Father but, Matthew. But, uh, you know, right. this is this is absolutely my the, my like crazy theory on this. Of course, Daniel was the prophet who was well known to be in Babylon. Yeah, in Babylon, right? So in the crazy theory, my crazy theory. I'm done. Sense. Okay, I'm done. That's my crazy theory. But so um, this star comes up. This so star, the star, <laughs> this star. So right. So this is not like a cartoony, 
like star no. like, like floating up in front of them and they're like following it this way and following it that way. Um, this Which was- is basically what I thought it was. <laughs> like it was zigzagging <laughs> across the sky and they were like, you no, pesky no. star. No, I just felt like there was a star and it was super bright and they were just like, I'm going to go like, that wow. in that no, we direction. Have that, we have that idea yeah. that like, that's where you follow this star. Right. Um, but, but what they, what we, but even the story doesn't really do that because what happens is they, these, these magi come, they're following, they, they see it, but that doesn't say that they're following the star. It says that they see the star, they interpret the star and they go to Jerusalem because they say, well, if there's a new king of the Jews, where is he going to be? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm why glad you they, guys got on board. Why, yeah, sorry. <laughs> why, why do they, why do they care? I don't know. <laughs> is that a, is that a ridiculous question? No. I know that they're, I mean, these are literal wise men, right? To come up with algorithms right, they, they, they have and these... math and th- mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you obviously treasure truth. Like you obviously treasure what is right and what is good and what is just. Wait, I think he says that. Does he? Yes. Okay. Well then. I'm going to find. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. I, I but like, feel like they, I mean, maybe they just were curious, but I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going, they're not Jewish. Right. It's not their king. Why do they care? Well, let's, let's, let's keep an eye on that because okay. they are going to, sh- we're going to see more of what they do. And maybe that'll, I don't know. Maybe that, I don't know if it answers entirely, but might, uh, uh, give some give some context for this because sure. I, I don't want to I don't want to walk past this point before we talk a little bit about Herod yeah and and um, what he brings to uh, to the story here you know I, I think I remember last week we were talking about uh, Herod no I'm sorry we were talking about the Christmas story and about how it was a lot darker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than we ever think of it right mm-hmm. like it's it's a lot not ideal yes. <laughs> And uh, and that that theme continues here with Herod. So the wise men, you know, uh, the, the, these magi show up and and they have this prediction, right? Well, we've heard that the the star is risen. The, you know that this new king is going to be born. It says that King Herod and all of Jerusalem with him are astonished and kind of frightened by yeah. by this thing going on, yeah. right? Well. Obviously so, because Herod is not the real king. Right. There's like some da 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 exactly. going on this here. This whole story is just treason and it's dark and it's, yeah, it's it's very dramatic. Again, <laughs> Game of Thrones. It's yes. very like, Game of Thrones. Serious. It's yes. very Game of Thrones. The, so here's Herod. He's he, he understands exactly what he is, right? Yeah. He, he, Herod and the Herodians, um, he, he was Jewish. Uh, but you know, back go back a couple generations in his um, kind of royal line, they had sided with the Romans because they kind of figured who was going to win. You know, in in the Roman civil war, they backed the right guy. So therefore, now all of a sudden, the Herodians are in power as kings, Ish. but kings in the sense of like. Yeah, we're, that's that's very nice. You can go ahead and sit on this throne as long as you do whatever we tell you. Mm, I see. From the Roman governor, so it's a political payoff, but really right. they're just kind of like pawns, figureheads. Yeah, they're they're, they're figureheads, right? Yeah. But they have real wealth and power. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of sorts of benefits that come from this, sure. right? And also, the Herodians uh, are notoriously paranoid, murderous. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> 
This I'm goes back. Being a paranoid, not murderous. That's. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No. 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 They. The, you have to like. This goes back to like there were Herodians mm-hmm. around during the time of like Cleopatra and this Roman Civil War and stuff yeah. like that, and they were playing these games with like they were like you know all these like political games where you were like assassinating people and then like pretending that it was accidents and the idea that you have to kill family members was just like normal. You remember later on in the what? gospel, they talk about how, yeah. uh, you know, there's the, another Herod, it's a different Herod, but they're sure. all named Herod, right? Oh. Uh, another Herod who's up there and, and he, uh, has married oh, his oh, brother's God. wife. Yes. Right. And, and it, and it's all sorts of icky, like yeah. that's going on. And then like the daughter shows up and gives this like yeah. salacious dance and he gives her like more icky. Know, and then, yeah, even more icky. <laughs> and then they kill John the Baptist and they serve his head on a platter. Oh. Like, that's the level of like cray. Yeah, these people were a yes. little bit. Yeah, not with. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's dark. They were dark people. That's Herod, right? Yeah. But he's he's absolutely charming, right? He's, yeah, he's he's he he knows how to how to be able to play this game, right? He know he understands this. So they show up and they're like absolutely innocent of all of this. They're like, hey, so where's the new king of the Jews? And Herod is like, um, excuse me, a new what? A new what? <laughs> He understood yeah. that that where his position in the midst of all of this, and what's more, it's been a family tradition to like murder people to make sure that you stay on the throne. Um, what a so, tradition, huh? What a tradition! I know. <laughs> and you thought your family traditions were rough. Your right? dysfunction <laughs> is nothing. Oh, so here's funny. So it's funny. So here's Herod, right? And he gets this, and he just plays it so smooth, huh? He, he you know. Oh, oh, you're coming and you're going to come and see this new child. Well, let me help you. I'm going to come in and call in all of my scholars to come in and tell you, help you be able to find this child. And then once you find him, come back and tell me. I would like to offer adoration to this child as well. That's, yeah. Slimy. I had no idea. Oh, he's so slimy. He, I had no idea that he knew that he was illegitimate. I mean, obviously he knew, but I never put that together in my own head. Yeah. He knows that he doesn't belong there. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, so we have, so this is the, the, the whole situation. Now a point that was brought up in this, and I thought this was, this was really quite interesting. They're following the star. Mm-hmm. They got this message and whether we see this as a sort of science or astrology, mysticism, you know, whatever kind of wisdom this is, it can't lead them all the way to God. It can't lead them all the way to Jesus, but it does bring them partway. Their search for truth leads them as far as it can, but then they need the the priests and the scholars of the law to tell them the Bible. They huh. need to know the story of the Bible for their search for the truth to be able to lead to its its final step, its final path. Wow. Hmm. Hmm, I wonder what that says about us. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. It's just like, right, right. Because they represent all people who seek truth, who aren't seeking truth in religion, right? Who are who are trying or, to find or it even in other religions, right? Because like, exactly. they're kind of these sure. cult kind of creep, you yeah. know, uh, uh, um, figures. Yeah, yeah, but like the those of us who are restless and who just like we know that mindfulness is important and meditation is important, and we're seeking something deeper, but we don't quite know why. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Can't can't. Can't get to Christ. It, it, it leads on our them. Own. No, we can't get to Christ without the scriptures. Yeah, right. Without the story of God working in the world. There's yeah. this 
like abstract understanding of God and like the gazing out into the heavens, if you will, that, that leads you to a certain point uh, intellectually, philosophically, but all that will, will, will have to come, will have to be aided by meeting with the story of how God worked with his people and how that will lead to ultimately to Jesus. So then they yeah. get the final piece to of how to be able to get to Bethlehem. It's like Aristotle and all those philosophers and Plato, right? They mm-hmm. thought of God, mm-hmm. but he was faceless, so to speak. Right. He has yeah. eyes closed, right? Yeah. And then with Revelation, God opens his eyes. God has a face. God becomes personal, which, yeah. And historical part of our, yeah. yeah, which makes it so much better. Right. <laughs> it makes God so much better. And like, and there's <laughs> reason involved. And so yeah. that's important too. That yeah. part of it make matters, especially if you want this to kind of line up in your heart, but also in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that Pope Benedict pointed this out, uh, as kind of just like an, an offhanded, almost kind of snarky kind of comment that he made where he says, you know, here's all these scholars of the scriptures, and yet none of them decide to go on this trip. The, yeah. the, the, the wise men go, right? <laughs> they're like, hey, can you help me get to the new They're, they're like, like, do you know where the Messiah is going to be born? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We know entirely where that's going to happen. They're like, well, good, because we know exactly what time it's going to happen. Now is the time. And everybody's like... Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Do they just not Tell care? Or are they goes. like, no, things are good under Herod. Or are they like these crazy men from where the sun rises? Right. Or you're not one of us. Right. Or, or, or maybe they were, or maybe they were just, you know, terrified that Herod was going to cut their heads off. So, I mean, which yeah, is sure. entirely possible. But, Very valid. But, but the point is throughout the scripture, throughout the New Testament, we see that there are all these people who were supposedly like knew all mm. these things about God. And yet they didn't put it into practice. They didn't, they didn't follow through on it. Sure. And so there can, there's this, this warning against a sort of complacent religiosity. I mean, that's true for us too, of course. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Especially us. We work for church and right. mm-hmm. yeah, the burden falls on us to just like worship, to do it. Right. Like, so Christ. here's these people who are seeking the truth, right. And they're actually maybe meant to be a sort of an inspiration for people who are like, Oh yeah, we got the truth. Are you going to get right. off your butt? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. What, what integrity? Like, such integrity from Magi, like to, to follow the truth, no matter where it leads, you know, even if it was totally, totally different. We don't know what happened to them after, right? We know they worship. Well, sorry, spoiler alert. They spoiler. worship, they yeah. worship Jesus, <laughs> but we don't know what happens to them after, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do they become Jewish? Do they become Christian? Who knows? Right. Uh, but like, I admire in anyone a search for truth that stops at nothing. Like mm-hmm. let it, let mm-hmm. truth break your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I see that a lot in RCIA with people, mm-hmm. but I always admire that in anyone. That's when we, uh, we, so we pick up with them on their journey. It says that they see the star and it, 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 it uh, they, they find great joy again in the star, which again, I don't think we should interpret as, as like, you know, again, it started floating in front of them or something <laughs> like this. But that they now now renewed with this knowledge of the scripture, they can be able to keep searching, right? And so they finally get to Bethlehem. And uh, the scene that's laid out for us is, again, try to j- just picture this. Like, picture this situation. It says that they, they, they come to the place where, you know, the Holy Family is. And they see Mary and Jesus. They don't mention Joseph specifically. Of course they don't. <laughs> he's, he's just busy. he's faded into the background, but yeah. already. 
Um, <laughs> never mind. Okay. So and, and it says, but then it says that they show up and they they prostrate themselves before him, mm-hmm. and they and they and they adore him. Prostrate means like they they go down on their faces, like bowing and like and like, and they worship him. So. Try to imagine the scene, you know, here you're Mary, right? And you've got your little baby, right? And all of a sudden there's like, they, they show up at the door. Three strangers, right? Pro- possibly more. We oh. only say three because there were three gifts. Oh, that's right. But we don't know how many there were. There, It's possibly more. They, they made a big trip. They may have this whole like right. entourage, yeah. right? Yeah. Of people that have shown up. All of a sudden they show up. They're there at the house and they start offering worship, which means like, like straight up like old school pagan persian right. <laughs> mystical they're lighting incense right. they're singing chants huh. they're doing these you know performative you know processions to lay down gold in front of the child and then they come back and they bow themselves onto the ground they said, it these- says here it is to say they throw themselves onto the ground before him right well, these grown men so 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 mary right <laughs> like what's her response to this she holds it in her heart. She ponders. <laughs> she ponders. She, she goes, has the three stages of discernment. <laughs> Mary goes, what the heck is happening? Yeah, it's right? so surreal. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the whole situation of this must have been like, you know, just like unimaginable. That that you're just there, and then all of a sudden, the, you know, they show up, and then they so, do this whole huge liturgy up in front of yeah. the baby, and they're offering gold. Now, the the, the meaning for these things right. has traditionally been understood. Gold, gold is the gift for kings, mm-hmm. right? So they said the newborn king of the Jews, right? But then it says they worship before him, and they offer incense. Now that's a divine thing, so they're recognizing something of a divinity. Um, uh, be, before Jesus. Now, there's the last one, which is myrrh. Now, the scriptures don't seem to indicate this so much, but the tradition has often uh, indicated that myrrh is this um, spice that would have been used, especially during the burial rituals. So, therefore, it's already sort of foreshadowing again the right. the, the tomb, right? Yeah, and right. the resurrection. Yeah. Again, we're already looking to the to. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. really the end, but mm-hmm. to the purpose, to the to the final moment. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's beautiful. Now, in 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 a lot of the East, um, the East, uh, like the Eastern Rite uh, uh, churches, sure. right? They actually make a bigger deal about Epiphany than Christmas. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Epiphany is a bigger deal than Christmas. Oh yeah, it's their celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I, 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 and think I get it. it. In in yeah, right. Oh because yeah. Because here, you know, Jesus was born, and the shepherds saw him. Nah. Yeah. But what's this? All of a sudden, look at all these strains of what's happening. Those who were these kind of pagans from different parts of the world, now the nations are coming and worshiping before Jesus, indicating that this future reality of this worldwide. Yeah, right. So last week when we talked about Caesar, we said that he was, you know, for all people, for all men in the fullness of time when everything was good, right? Did that include... I mean, it didn't. Did that include the East? I don't think it did, right? Depends like, on how far East you went. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, yeah. Well, the, According to Roman propaganda, yeah. we are rulers of the <laughs> whole world, right? right, right. In reality, exactly. no. But um, depending on how far you went. But no, I mean, Babylon, The Magi wouldn't have recognized Caesar Augustus as their king. Uh, they might have. They might have. Depending okay. on how far okay. East okay. you go. Because um, that would have been part of 
like uh, that, that would have been considered part of the ancient Mediterranean world. Okay. Okay. Um, because it just strikes me that like Christ came, you know, it's like for all men, right? That's what the angels are mm-hmm. saying, like for all people worldwide. And it, well, to me, it seemed like he was sort of one-upping Caesars worldwide. Like, see Caesar. I even go further. Yeah. I go to the ends so, of the earth. So the, uh, in the tradition, this is not, this is kind of extra biblical, mm-hmm. and, but Pope Francis, not Pope Francis, Pope Benedict talks about this. He, uh, you know, he points out that um, when you look at many of the, especially traditional nativity scenes, uh, the three kings, and they usually, again, three because of the three gifts, right? Sure. Which is kind of a way of doing this. You look at them, and their physical features are one of them will be dark black skin. I love this. Right? Thing. It's so good. Do you want to talk about this? I mean, you could. You could. I just love that part. Okay. That, that he that he talked about it's, the fact that okay. So what were the others? It's 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 Africa. Yes. Asia, and there you get one that looks much more kind of like like. Far like Chinese, basically mm-hmm. like Far East mm-hmm. Asian, uh, and then uh, European, which you know at the time, basically the like the medieval world when they were making these nativity sets for the first time, that was the known world. That was the world. That was the world. So you saw the three sort of farthest reaches of the world. These sort of like you know pale white European, right. you know dark deep Africa, mm-hmm. and then you know Far East. You know, mm-hmm. these are the three kings. Now, of course, that wouldn't like that. That historically is not what you would have expected. You would have expected to see, you know, three Persian guys, right? right? right, right or right. or how many ever there were. Sure. But that's not the point. The point is exactly what you were just talking about of this worldwide. That has a worldwide right. effect. Worldwide. Reach. So here's the sentence. Here's my sentence from this. You got to do a sentence from last. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. doing this sentence. Let's hear it. The black king is part and parcel of this. In the kingdom of Jesus Christ, there are no distinctions of race and origin. In him and through him, humanity is united, yet without losing any of the richness of variety. And I was like, oh my gosh. So he's like, what page? uh, 96. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. he's for everyone, but that doesn't mean there is like, you have to be, you have to be a certain thing. Like mm-hmm. he's for everyone in the variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is everyone. It, it was just, I was like, oh, Papa Benny, you're like really grabbing my, well, you know, and I, and I love this. Cause I mean, just, it was a couple of weeks ago. We had like the big celebration of our lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. Right? And like, which is, if you've never been to one of those things and you're used to sort of European style, you know, uh, uh, you know, Marian feasts and stuff like this. It's a wild trip, right? Yes. But it's yes. like here's the here's the the universality of the church. Mm-hmm. Of, Which is beautiful. Uh, of, of being there, and <clears throat> he also pointed out that the three are often um, one is old, yes, I one is middle aged, and one yeah. is young. Yes. So it's all like ages. all people, all ages, all generations, all nations, yeah. all tongues, all continents, all like like there's this. This is the epiphany. Epiphany here is like, it means the revealing of God, right. revelation of God, God revealing himself. That's what the word epiphany means. Yeah. And it's like, here's God revealing himself to the nations and all generations and all ages. Yeah. It's very global. Yeah. It's very global. Yeah. It, I feel like we have a tendency to like, while, while we're saying this, I'm just sitting here going, we have a tendency to like really domesticate and like, soften that right oh all people you know whatever we're all created in god's image and blah 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 we are and that's true but i almost 
I don't think we acknowledge like the difficulty in that, mm-hmm. the difficulty of having a universal church, even at this parish, right? Like right. it's not just as easy as singing. It's a small world after yeah, all. Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's, it's like, there's such a temptation to make it a trite thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the African, the Asian, and I'm not saying you did, but like when we talk about it, it's easy to be trite, but the, the implications of having a global kingdom where there is, Pox, mm-hmm. it's right. That's crazy. It it would take it would take a god to do that. That's <laughs> really what it comes down to. Yeah, and yeah. That's, this that's is well, the, and this is the this is the hope. The hope that's not even certainly not yet realized. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though, like, I, I I think that there's a certain optimism, maybe even just you know a generation ago or something like this, where you know, well, with all this new globalized technology and the ability availability for, for greater communication, we will automatically overcome all barriers. Ah. And now, now 20, 2019, we're looking around <laughs> and we're like, you know, um, Found you know what? That so, yeah, yeah. Uh, social media has not proven to be the place where, you know, all, all communication and barriers are removed, new, right? No. New, new, new. No. Uh, you know, just technology is not the thing that's going to right. make us Right, have peace. It's got to be something different, hmm. and that's the that's the that's the hope. That's the that's what we mean when we start saying that this that that's what Epiphany is. Yeah, interesting. Epiphany really draws out the truth of Christmas. Then it just like really demonstrates its implication right away. Right, mm-hmm. the incarnation, and then boom, Epiphany. And I think that's where the hope and the joy is. I mean, we've been talking a lot about how this is kind of heavy, but epiphany for me, this, this part of the book has really been for me, like the joyful part of it, just because it is an expanding into the everythingness and the everyoneness of God. Like Mm -hmm. it's all included. And with the Magi approaching Jesus and worshiping Jesus it it makes this true for everyone, mm-hmm. and that it, it's hard. You're right, well, but it's joyful. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. And I think that's I think that's good for us because if we get if we get complacent, right, and we just take these things as sort of like this trite thing, and that like oh well, you know, it's just natural that well, we're going to become like one big happy family or something right. like that, yeah. right? Because uh, again, there's this whole aftermath um, of of Herod, we'd, we'd kind of left that hanging. Oh, right. Yes. Right. You know, here at the end of this where, um, you know, well, what happens with Herod? Cause we kind of left him, you know, really back mad. over there in Jerusalem, <laughs> yeah. plotting, planning, and, Forgot about uh, that they, they, the wise men, they get this dream, right. That tells them go home by another way, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a great little like spiritual line. Like you can't meet Christ and ever go home the same way that you were before. Absolutely. That is, I tell <gasps> yes. everybody in yeah. my adult confirmation classes, I say, after you do this, you can't be the same. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be the Your same life, person that you were. Like, I'm right. not telling you that you just, it literally, the two don't match. Mm-hmm. I was at a, I was at a youth conference and one of the speakers said, if you are not changed by meeting Jesus, it was not Jesus who you met. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah. Go, go home by another way. You go home by another way. Now that's that's the spiritual kind of reading off from this. The of course the very practical reading off from this is the fact that they don't go back and tell right. Herod where to go and find the child. So Herod's response to all of this, talking about like the dark and the difficult uh-huh. side of, of, of this, you know, 
he's his his answer to this is he's going to go full on Pharaoh and kill all the firstborn. Oh right, right, like like just like psychopathic paranoid murder spree. And I think Pope Benedict says, like, historically, there's not necessarily, like, an account of this, but, like, the man uh, murdered his own children. So, like, oh. so like it makes perfect sense that he oh, would. Oh. Or 